0: What's up and welcome to Live in the Damn Dream. The final episodes. I think if you market it, it'll be more exciting. I'm one of your hosts, Mike.
1: And I'm Sarah. And if we do market it and we start getting a sudden, you know, influx of oh. listeners, what do we do? Mike? Then what do we
0: do? Uh, it does remind me, remember when Conan went off NBC, like the first time after Jay Leno came back and he just had these episodes where he didn't give a shit and it was his best episodes ever. And people were like, no, don't cancel the show. Maybe that's what happens with us. We'll see. And I think today we're off to a good start because we got a guest.
1: We have a guest and we're covering something that I've gotten so many questions about, something that I've worked in myself, but not, you know, as sort of consistently as our guest today. It's voiceover. Yes. Um, We will be talking to a college friend of mine. Her name is Dara Rosenberg. She is incredible. I mean, she is an accomplished voiceover artist who's been recognized nationally for her work in audiobooks. And commercials. She's got more than 200 audiobooks to her name, as well as dozens of television and radio commercials. And prior to her career in voiceover, she was an accomplished theater actress. She was on a bunch of television commercials. She performed in a national tour. She started a number of plays, musicals. She did stand up comedy. So she's definitely someone who works in media, but really, really, really has succeeded as a voiceover artist. And that's what she does exclusively at this point. So please help me welcome Dara. Hey Dara, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm good. It's so nice to reconnect with old friends via the pod. Oh yeah, right. (laughs) So Dara, I mean, I'm really excited to chat with you because obviously we just introduced you with this incredible list of, I mean, Over 200 audiobooks, you're working pretty much exclusively as a voiceover actor at this point. I mean, I think you're the best person to have on this show. And again, we've had a lot of people write in sort of, you know, do I have enough equipment to get started? What do I need to do? So let's just start right there. Like, let's talk getting started you know, what are some of the tools, websites, classes, what do you recommend for people sort of just starting out? And of course, you know, Mike and I can add in a little bit too, cause we do have a little bit of experience in voiceover, but I want you to kick this off. Like, let's say people are like, I kind of want to be a voice actor. What would you recommend as a sort of step one? All right, I think
2: a step one is find a clean space to record. And what that means is it could mean your tiny little bedroom closet with a bunch of clothes around it or it could be in a full studio bricks vocal booth you must be able to send some kind of audio however you record it and it has to be clear i worked for six years in a manhattan apartment and i was in a closet the size of i uh, very very small <laughs> i am now currently in a booth that is like i could put a couch in it and my sound is the same. So where you are doesn't matter, but you must somehow create this space around you where you could send recordings, whether that's an audition or if you wanna sit for hours and hours a day and do audiobooks, you could do that too. But no one knows where you are as long as you can get that clean audio
1: sound. But so, so you need that. When we're talking clean audio, we're talking stuff that is, you know, making it so that the sound is being soaked up. We were in a quiet space, right? Give me some more of this sort of like, I know for me, I'll speak from experience. I definitely also used my closet. Although I will tell you a quick story this week. I realized I have been recording and submitting my voiceover auditions from my apartment in Connecticut, and they are not sounding the same as they did from my Brooklyn closet space. And I didn't know. And they sound literally like trash. And it's because, just because you're in a closet doesn't mean that small space is going to soak up that sound the same way. You know, you like Dara said, need to have the clothes in it. You could go out and buy some of that like foam padding and literally put that up on the walls with some glue. Um, Towels, I remember I had just like sort of sitting on the ground. And when I realized my audio sounded like shit this week, I literally just took a comforter off my bed and. Threw it around my head and stepped back into the closet, and honestly, suffice to say that worked a lot better. So absolutely, absolutely. the full E,
0: the full E T, as that method is called, the covering yourself in in linens before you do your voiceover.
2: I think there's a couple tricks really quickly. Yeah. Like you can go on Amazon and get a it's a moving blanket. It's actually what they put over like a piano if they're moving it. I taped that up and that was my ceiling, and I put one on the bottom. You don't realize that sound can bounce against your water bottle, against little things like that. So I, I bought acoustic foam, put it all up around my closet, the moving blankets and a towel over my desk. And that seemed to do
1: the trick and it worked for me. Let's talk about equipment. Um, wh- in terms of a mic or what are the ways, I mean, Mike, what is your setup? I know you have a couple of mics too. So talk, let's talk your setup first and then move into like something more like what Dara has.
0: Yeah, cause I think I'm very entry level since voiceover is a very small part of what I do. It's kind of an occasional thing. Um, I have, it's, let's see. I'm moving it now, an Audio-Technica AT-2005 USB mic. And I got it because it plugs right into my computer's USB so I can record directly there um, for the purposes of this podcast. If I do ever want to be super fancy and I like an audition, something more professional, I will go in my closet surrounded by clothes And I'll just record in there. Here, I'm in my living room, so it's a little bit more wide open. I may not sound as crisp as Sarah or Dara, but um, you guys have been fans for over a year and a half now, so I figure you're not going anywhere because of a little bit of different audio sound quality. But yeah, that's the big one I use. I also have an H1 uh, mic that I have. I'm showing you guys on video. I don't know why because no one else can see this, but you can plug a <laughs> lavalier mic into it, and I use that if I'm doing stuff that I'm also filming, but that's I guess irrelevant when you're doing voiceover because no one can see you anyway, so uh, maybe I'll delete the last 30 seconds of what I just said. Back to you guys.
1: Dara, what are you using, in, or, or what has your progression been? Any you know suggestions for mic type equipment? Uh, I started with a USB mic,
2: and Unfortunately, it wasn't creating the sound. I wasn't booking anything. So I said, "I'll oh, I'll get a condenser mic." If you get a condenser mic, you need to actually connect something to the condens- condenser mic into the computer. So I have that same thing I used for my first mic. It's called a Scarlett 2i2
1: two two or something. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like it doesn't matter as long as your sound good. You don't you don't have to get the most expensive thing. That was $99. I bought that and I bought at that time, my first condenser mic, I think, was a $100. It was the investment I made that paid off. And now I have a AT4040. I probably should change it and get something super fancy, but nobody said anything yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So I don't
2: know why I would. But I still use that same Scarlett preamp.
1: I have the Scarlett as well. And then you guys can't see this, but uh, Mike and Dara can. I, ha- I use a Rode nt one a microphone. Um, but if you're listening to this podcast, don't judge my sound quality based on this because I am sitting in a wide open space right now with hardly any furniture or anything to soak up the sound. So it probably doesn't sound that great. Um, and then let's chat about education. Did you take classes at all? Do you recommend classes? Was this something that you did?
2: Uh, I took a few classes in voiceovers. I do have a background um, in drama and I was an actor. I like to say before this, I guess I still am. But um, for voiceovers specifically, when I started into audiobooks and voiceovers, it was kind of new. And there weren't really classes for it because people were just trying to figure out what it was. But eventually I did take some classes. I went to Abacus Studio. I took some classes with Johnny Heller and some other directors that I really, really liked. But I continued to do that throughout my career, because I think it just makes you better. So, But I do think that you do need a few classes, you do sessions, just because it's a different technique.
1: I might suggest doing something similar to what I did, which was great and has literally lasted me up until this point. I haven't done anything more and I book voiceover work. Um, do the classes that you also get to record a reel at the studio at the end, because you will need a demo reel if you can do it with a studio that's gonna make it sound professional, like it's, you know, a commercial that you've done, which they can put on the music and really audio engineer it. Um, you're really getting your money's worth, I think. Um, so I believe, and I kind of forget, but I think I did mine at Edge Studio. Do you, Dara, do you remember someone named Ed in this business? <laughs> um, I mean, a couple
2: that's of pretty them. pretty broad.
1: <laughs> Ed the
2: engineer?
1: I don't know, he's uh, a coach, and I, that's who
0: I- Yes,
2: yes, I do. I do know who you're talking about. I
1: cannot remember his last name. I was trying I'm to so find sad. it for the sake of this, but I, I can't remember. But anyway, he still casts for voiceover. But yeah, I think, you know, and let's talk about demos. Right? Yeah. Did you, when you first started, did you? Ed Lewis. Sorry. Ed Lewis. Thank took you. Like five seconds. I did Ed
2: in voiceover. It wasn't that hard.
1: There you go. Ed <laughs> Lewis is who I did my classes with. And that's who built my reel for me. Nice. Um, and I use that reel to this day um, in terms of you making a demo reel. Did you piece together this stuff on your own? What was your experience with that?
2: Uh, About 10 years ago, I went into Abacus Studio and I did some one-on-ones with Bruce Cronenberg, who's a fantastic voiceover coach. At the end, he said, I think you're ready for a demo. It was a completely written for me demo. That demo for the first seven, eight years got me my agents, my so many jobs. I still haven't redone my demo with all my real new commercials because it was great. Like I just still use it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Eventually
2: I, I, you stop using your demo and you just audition, but
1: yeah, I think so it's too. important. I, I, mine has paid off. So it's like, if you can just invest to get started, so you can show people your body, like your fake body of work, you actually don't, It's it's kind of different, I think from an acting demo. Or a hosting demo where you would update it with your stuff. I have not updated it with any of my real projects.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, just from my perspective, I look different year on year, right? Or I do new things visually. So that reel has to always get updated. But your voice, year over year, is kind of sounding the same, I would think. Um, it's only over time, Derek, tell me if I'm wrong, that you feel maybe your voice changes. But once you, and then once you have success, then it's just, A perpetual motion where you're getting jobs without having to do the real but I think that's one good thing about voice work is that your voice kind of is your voice for a lot longer than your look is your look
2: I would agree completely with what you're saying I think that maybe if I had to start again maybe I'd have to redo my demo but for now I'm not using it anymore
1: so let's talk a little bit about sort of you know transitioning for you from you know doing this on camera this stage performance stuff to you know mostly VO work. What was, what, what in your experience was the best way to sort of get yourself out there? How did you self submit? Um, did you start recording stuff for, you know, audible? Like what was your process in sort of going from experimenting a little with voiceover, still dabbling in theater and commercial work and stuff and really like making that transition?
2: For me, it was one day I walked into my agent's office and I said. I I don't want to go on camera anymore. I don't want to go to a musical theater audition anymore and had like a big crisis. And he said, what about voiceovers? You could be in your pajamas, which you seem to like. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I'll try it. And it happened to be at the right time where Audible at that time was auditioning narrators. I went out to Newark. I had one audition with a man named Mike Charzik And from there, they, I think in one year I did... 70 books for them
1: oh my gosh
2: yeah it's been crazy and now i you know i still do about 50 books a year so it's been insane but that has always been my constant work so from there while i built my studio my closet and i was doing audiobooks i knew how much i wanted to do other work so i did have an agent for commercials and things like that but you do not need an agent i would say 99 percent of my work came from self-submitting and making clients on my own i i would own i would record like a voicemail for somebody and they would come back a year later and now i'm on retainer with them once a week if they have stuff they send me things to record and i get paid no matter what it's it's a marathon and if you can return your work on time if you can be a business that people want to work with and people enjoy being with it's it's a real thing, and it's not just commercials and, like, the voice of McDonald's. There's so much more to this career than that, and that's really what's kept me going.
0: So, there, I love you mentioning that an agent is completely not required because that seemed like a big part of your origin story, but that doesn't have to be for everyone, and I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this maybe don't have one. So where can you find that work? Where can you find these auditions? Where can you find these people? Are there any job boards, websites, or what— kind of techniques or methods do you have for finding even the opportunities to maybe send somebody some voice stuff
2: well okay the first most important thing once you get a job is to be great with that person because again they are your referral every client I get has been because oh you did my friends corporate video so so much of that but to get started I did something called voice123.com I'm not sure if that's still like the latest coolest thing. It's similar to voices.com. I had no success through voices.com. However, I know many people who have had that. I have a hard time paying $400 for something and just like throwing up auditions, but that's sort of how it happened for me. I got a couple clients and then I did a little Upwork, which is like a freelancer thing, and from there started raising my prices to getting bigger clients that i don't have to look for work anymore wow and
0: if you listen to our uh finances episode a few months ago you can write that 400 dollars off as a tax write-off if this is part of your freelance career so you're spending the money at the beginning but it's an investment in yourself but we understand that is a big hurdle but dara just told you how you can get around that so So thanks for that
1: yeah voices.com voices one two three um, Upwork sounds sound all sound like great ways for people to sort of, you know, if you have the equipment, if you have a sort of demo of your voice ready to go, those are great places to sort of get started and upload your materials and, you know, hopefully book something and then begin to network and get the clients in the way that Dara's expressed. Dara, you mentioned that like so much of the work is not, you know, it's not just commercial, it's not just radio, it's not just the, um, you know, audio books. Can you dive into a little bit yeah. about sort of these other things, like the corporate stuff that you're, you're talking about? Absolutely, so aside from audiobooks,
2: which is, you know, my constant source of income, I have no idea how it happened. One day I got an email saying, hey, would you like to audition for, do you report some of these voicemails on hold messaging? And I still look back, how did I get this? Cut to four years later, I work for a company called PH Media, i guess they do on holds for everybody (laughs) and it's little things like that that are my bread and butter every single day i come into scripts and upon scripts to record so there's like a lot of clients like that there's work like that i do a lot of the corporate videos and um there's videos for everything everybody is taking their product putting it on youtube there's so much onboarding of employees like you become a employee of apple you have to watch a week-long video that video has audio yeah there, there's so much out there and you don't need an agent for that
1: such a good point and let's talk about audiobooks a little bit because i have a feeling that there's probably some people really interested in that and i actually have had the experience of recording an audiobook actually a couple um and it's not easy if no. you're just <laughs> starting out it's, it's really not it takes a lot of time so talk to me sort of you know, is Audible the site that you use? Um, do you have different sort of genres, you know, demos of your voice up on Audible? You know, for someone just getting started on Audible, you know, what, again, do you sort of recommend? What's your experience there?
2: So to get started now, I didn't have this when I got started, but there's a website called acx.com and it's run by Audible. And basically it's can be published books or authors putting up their books that wanna be turned into, audiobooks and you can put up recordings of yourself you could take a book read it and use that as your demo of fiction or non-fiction and actually audition for books and learn how to record an audiobook and make money off of it i've done a thousand books on acx and i highly recommend people who are interested in audiobooks to to play around on the website like do a couple books for free it's it's hard but you get your name out there you'll meet more people start demanding more money and you can really create a career for yourself i know people who just do audiobooks and do very well for themselves
0: do you have um dara because i think a lot of people in the past may have thought oh i need that traditional typical voiceover voice or it has to be a certain sounding kind of way any suggestions for how people might be able to find what genres of book or what type of corporations to go after like if you know your voice and your sound how do you figure out where that maybe best fits in the marketplace
2: i i think you have to be real with yourself i think that people think of this james earl jones is the best voiceover mm-hmm. i don't don't sound like that in fact my husband always says like how do people pay to listen to you, <laughs> you know, that's, a hu- that's such a husband so, line it was very nice and he's like work harder um but the truth is is the companies i get hired for have nothing to do with my sound it's just like what they want in the moment and i think don't restrict yourself that i guess i sound young that i can only do romance and fun fiction some people want me to talk about religion and do serious things. I think if you do what you like, you might actually find some more success in that.
1: I think that's a good message regardless, you know, for anything in life. But mm-hmm. let's talk about some other tools we we might not have um, chatted about yet. So I remember when I was first getting started, you actually helped me out a lot. You referred me to like an audio engineer or someone that you were using that really helped me like the sound levels and the gain and stuff in my own setup when I was doing this audiobook and recording hours and hours and hours of stuff and yes it was for free well technically it was for future you know when people bought the book I would make a percentage of it but it was such a great experience one that I personally decided is not for me <laughs> at <least> in this <laughs> moment, but like, do you still work with, do you edit all your own stuff? Are you using audacity still? What sort of programs do you need on your computer for editing? Um, and are you working with any individuals to sort of help you with that?
2: So when I moved into my booth, the first person I called was that engineer who helped me for the first couple years. And I said, I'm going to talk. Can you tell me what levels to put? And then we haven't spoken again since then. I haven't mm-hmm. touched anything. Um most of my work is for publishers like you actually work for HarperCollins or Penguin Random House things like that so I actually just send all my audio to them um and they edit it so I don't really but I use Reaper a lot of people use pro tools I have the simplest of simplest settings there's no I'm not making my voice sound like anything this is as this is what my room sounds like this is what my voice sounds like I yeah. think in audiobooks and in voiceovers today there's no reason to make it smooth it's just you just have to talk and be real and i think that that helps a lot
0: can we get to the good stuff now sarah talking about like money and career yeah. stuff oh, so
2: bad oh my god
1: okay let's talk about Yeah, how much does a voiceover actor make? And I know there's a huge range here, but give me some miles. Yeah, we don't need like your
0: specific 1099s, Dara, but just people, what can they expect getting started once they're successful? Is this sustainable for a career?
2: It depends on how hard you work. I hustled. I still work nine hour days and I have two babies. I think that is a lot of what it is. I think the first few years when I was like, when I let myself go full time, I was like, 23, 24, I was making maybe $50,000 a year. Um, it's, it, you can make what you make. I, um, but definitely, I think people who are doing an audiobook every week are definitely making six figures. But it's not like some pipe dream. It's a lot of work.
1: Mm-hmm. But I know
2: many people that are doing that. But I also know many people who are making a lot less than that and still doing it full time and living their best life. I'm that's just a money. I everything has been money for me. It's a job. It's a passion, but it's a job.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it. You know, for I think it's the same for our careers. You get out of it what you put into it. Yes, there's some luck. There's uh, you know, talent. There's there's all the other factors too. But and and with like real estate or any job, like when I did real estate, same thing. Like you get out of it what you put into it. So it's like if you want to make this your full-time job, You know, like, are you going to be guaranteed success? No. But if you work hard and you're persistent and you get, you know, do your research, get the right equipment, you're a good person to work with. You know, I think you can find the success. You can build it with all of these mediums that you're talking about.
0: And it's never as easy or glamorous as it looks. Uh, You know, Dara just mentioned how hard she works, how long she works. It's not just, hey, let me open my phone notes app and read a book. We did our FOMO episode a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I get to work at a baseball stadium as a baseball fan. and That's really fun. But I'm also there, you know, seven hours on a Friday night when all my friends are out, you know, partying in, at a pool in the summer. It's it's not always as easy as, or as glamorous. So I think that's a caveat we always give with people when we're giving advice about starting something new uh, career-wise.
1: Dara, what do you love most about what you do? I... Thought this was a bad
2: thing when I first started. I used to be jealous of people that went into the office at nine a.m. and left at five p.m. Because you always feel like when you're your own boss, you're always working. I'm always working and recording. But now that I have two kids, I can go pick up my kid, bring them home, record. I live the. I. It's like I work from home most of the time. I. I feel like I'm getting bo- the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah. And but also, like, you... shutting
2: the door on them and being like, I'm
1: recording, recording on air. <laughs> Bye. I, I think making your own hours and having that flexibility is great. Um, is there anything that you don't like? You know,
2: the deadlines are tough, like, especially in audiobooks. If you have a book a week and just say, I, I could do like maybe 10 hours of recorded audio for a book a week, and there's no real time off. You can't just rush through it. it ha- it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. And sometimes I wish I worked with more people. I literally talk to myself all day, <laughs> but it's well, fine. What, what if I was in an office, I'd be like, Oh, I wish I was in a booth. Yeah.
0: I'm, gl- I'm glad we could break up your monotony a little yeah, bit and talk sure. to some other humans uh, yeah. for this. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is a typical, is there a typical day week? Uh, you mentioned sometimes it's a book a week. I mean, what is, it's not nine to five, but what's your typical Monday through Sunday, week on week, month on month type of okay. day?
2: So currently, I'm I'm very, very, I stick to my schedule. Um, I'm in the booth by 8.30. My 8.30 looks different than everybody else's because I've got two kids to get ready and I've probably already played tennis, like hour worked out poorly. I start at 8.30, I go till 5 p.m. There is usually about an hour that I break to like pick up a kid eat lunch with them bring them to gymnastics something like that and i usually come back to the booth after they go to bed and record like another half hour i'm recording about a book a week um and then i'd say i spend about three hours a day on other jobs
1: and how long it's it's
0: it's, it's a lot that's a lot of work it's (laughs) a lot what
1: it's crazy i was gonna say too How often are you still going out for stuff like via agents and commercial type, you know, radio, any of that stuff? I
2: I mean, I still do a lot of that work. Um, uh, It's not in the city at all. I I could be in Anchorage, Alaska right now. I just happen to be right outside the city. I was there today for something else, but not for audios, audio work. All my commercials have been through Source Connect, which is something I just got during the pandemic. But until you are... Booking consistently, you don't need to buy Source Connect. You can buy it right before your first commercial. You book it, call me. I'll tell you how to set it up.
0: (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I have used
1: it. You can also get a trial. I've done set up different emails and done different trials every time I book a job that requires Source Connect because I just personally don't work enough with it that I need The full membership but yeah there's there's ways to utilize it it's like
0: me with my streaming tv services like the season of a show i love comes out seven day free trial and then i'll come back with a new credit card and a new email next season
2: and i think that people with voiceovers immediately wherever i go people are like what do you do oh i'm a voice actor oh my god what have i heard you on i think that People think that commercials and, and movie trailers are where people make their money. Listen, I work for an hour for a radio commercial or uh, another commercial, and I'm going to make more money than I did doing the audiobook that day. But it's not about that. It's about consistency. It's about work, you know? And um, for me, I think audiobooks and doing commercial projects and things like that, doing everything I could has maximized you know, the money that I can make.
1: Yeah, you're a hustler. Do you have a favorite job that you've worked on?
2: Yes, I have a job right now that I'm obsessed with. I currently read um, for Apple, Apple News. Like if you go on your phone and go to the news app and press audio, I record the news. Oh and my gosh. And it is, I just did one yesterday. As a news junkie, it has been a dream come true job. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. And I've heard of Apple, big, big client. So they're a good, good,
2: they're a good company. Good yeah. get. Uh,
0: I, I want to ask this before we get too far off track, because you just mentioned about how many hours you're in the booth in the day. Voice management. Mm-hmm. Do you have any teas that you drink or vocal exercises you do? Like, what's that part of it? Maintain, you know, keeping your tool sharp and, and safe.
2: Ugh, I'm the worst for this because everybody else can like, talk all day and they are sore at the end of the day and i get it it's just i wasn't born like that i think my technique from drama school oh sorry excuse me i think my technique from drama school helped with projection and all those things but i I only really get sore if i'm sick
1: Hmm. that's great um dara is there anything that we left out that you think is Important to throw into this episode any questions that you know you wish you had answered when you began your journey or any other misconceptions or things?
2: Yeah, I think that you know, at the beginning when I first started out, I didn't know that many people that did this. So, when I was setting up my home studio, setting up, learning how to re- press record on Audacity, even at the beginning, <laughs> there were so many tears and so much crying, and like feeling very frustrated and giving up very quickly. If you know somebody that does this, or you can find a mentor of some sort that's willing to give you time or to pay them for their time to just set it up for you, just do it. Because once you have your program set up, once your little closet is set up and you figured out how to press record and delete something and send an audition, then you can begin working. Don't get stuck in the technical aspect of it. Just
1: get past it. That's great advice. Um, and yeah, I mean, Dara referred me to the first person that helped me set it up, but then I was stupid enough to get bored of my closet and move everything to another <laughs> location. So maybe I'll have to reset that up and, and get that person's contact info again. Dara, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Where can people awesome. find you and follow you? Okay, so.
2: I have a website, DaraRosenberg.com. It hasn't been updated in seven years, maybe. So it says like 2005 <laughs> was a great year.
1: That, that like. awesome. That's I, why when I, you said. I said over 200 audiobooks. Yeah, and that was November
2: like years like ago. Way,
1: way, 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 way higher now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> very much higher. <laughs> we undersold
0: you this whole time.
2: Yeah, I'm very embarrassed right now because I have other names. Remember? Yep. yep I do yep, have yep. other names that I do books under that are secret and the secret, secret sexy names and um yeah so you can go on there and see what I did about eleven six <laughs> six years ago that's great but that was just so in case someone hires me they'd be like okay she's a person um I have like a Twitter and Instagram but it's yes, you like do. it's like my kids
1: it's okay. It's you, Dara Rosenberg
2: 27. I post some. I was some... going to say,
1: you post your, no, you post some of your book stuff to Twitter for sure.
2: If someone like tweets at me, a publisher, I'll be like, retweet.
1: Yeah. There you go. You <laughs> can follow Dara there. But Dara, thanks so much for <laughs> taking the time. I know this was good. This is very valuable to some of our listeners. So really, really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank
2: you.
0: So you don't have to be Morgan Freeman or James Earl Jones or whatever uh, to get into voiceover. Dara just gave you like literally every single tool you could ask for. That was awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, I learned, I'm like, heck. If I ever don't want to go back to bartending and that might be true, I can just rebuild my setup in the closet and start. I know. And like all those
0: websites she was giving, I never heard of half of those before. I'm taking notes myself. Like, oh, maybe I should get into some voiceover myself now that I know all these new things.
1: She's super, I mean, I don't want to say she's super modest, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure now you can tell from all of the hours that she puts in and some of the major clients that she drops, she really is, you know, like... <laughs> killing it in this industry. So again, you know, if you guys have any follow-up questions, feel free to DM us particularly that, oh my gosh, we're almost to the end of our second to last episode. Ah! So let's do our second to last casting call of the week. Mike, is yours good or what? Mine's mediocre.
0: All right. Well, mine is just a follow up on last week. I already told you this off air, but I want to update the listeners too. So you think I should go second or first?
1: Okay. You go second. I'll go first. So this okay. one is, um, huh, you know, I'll let you, we'll just chat about this. So backstage, funny commercial video. Casting commercials for mobile apps and app stores. Synopsis. These commercials will be shot in different settings, different stories and multiple styles super fast funny and perfect for your acting reels the well-performed commercials will be published across all social media platforms and even potentially on tv we are looking for long-term collaborators and definitely you will be booked for more days if you meet our requirements after the first day of collaboration we welcome all actors to apply and let us know your schedule we'll contact you right away for any creative ideas that fit you okay are you ready for the pay on this oh yeah we offer $20 of fixed commute compensation per day. <laughs> and any shooting over six hours, we will buy you lunch.
0: Whoa, dollar menu or can I get an actual value meal?
1: I don't know. You might want to go Wagyu since they're not actually compensating you for your time.
0: Oh, man, that's brutal. And 20 bucks for commuting, that's like if I take a train from um, Penn Station to my parents' house, a 40-minute train... That's like $26 round trip. I can't, that's not even enough commuting to like come in from Central Jersey to an audition if it's in Manhattan.
1: And this is in Queens. It does say the location, so it's in Queens. Um,
0: All right, so imagine you're coming from like Connecticut or Jersey. You got to get to Penn Station in the first place or Grand Central, whatever. And then on top of that, get out to Queens. Not good.
1: And you reminded me, I actually have a follow-up too. So I want to apologize for anyone who may have submitted for that Gossip Girl thing because Uh I sent her an email because I realized there wasn't really like a link there for me to upload my video slash it said like answer the questions below so I reached out to the contact in the email just to say hey like where do you want these videos uploaded and I don't see a list of questions and I have my mail tracker on yeah she saw it she even saw it twice I could see that she went back to it later that afternoon and never wrote me back so I don't know. I'm not submitting because I don't have any answers. So if Uh-oh. you were also struggling, my apologies. I, I don't know what's going on with that.
0: Wow, your mail tracker tells you if they've seen it multiple times? Yeah. Damn, I got to get that. Sarah's got the CIA. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> it says like hot conversation. The recipient has opened this multiple times, blah, 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 blah.
0: It's not a conversation if they never write you back, mail tracker. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a so,
1: I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but yep, not happening for me.
0: Oh, goodness. Well, this isn't happening for me either. Just to give you guys an idea how these castings work. So last week, I told you how I auditioned for something or I applied for something in February. And they came back to me just last week asking to audition. And then uh, last week, I was texting with the, um, the person that was running it. And we were texting like back and forth within minutes, like quick responses on both sides. Um, Try to set up an audition time. Didn't work because I was working Mets. And then uh, last that it worked out was they were in LA. They got their time zones confused. So they were supposed to call me and they never did. Then they said, let's figure something out for Monday. We'll chat Monday, which now is as of last week. um, And we'll figure out an audition time. Great. Monday comes don't hear from them. And I figure, all right, time zones again. I'll wait till Monday night, maybe LA afternoon. They want to wait till like 4 or 5 PM. Nothing. So I text them, hey, seeing if you're still down for a phone call today, let me know. This is Monday night. Nothing. I wait like 24 hours later till Tuesday, just following up again. I hope to talk soon. Thanks. Still nothing. It's been days now and I've not heard from that person again. So that's That's living the dream, baby. These casting calls, even when they come to you, sometimes then they just completely vanish and disappear when you're trying to audition or trying to uh, go for these things. And that's just, that's part of the business. It's frustrating, but it makes for good podcast content.
1: Who knows, at least maybe at some point they'll circle back and then you can decide whether or not you want to even-
0: At this rate, if I apply in February and I get a tease audition in July, maybe they'll reach back out around Thanksgiving and that's when I can really go for it. We'll see
1: well folks that brings us to the end of our second to last episode as you know we've got one more maybe we'll do it special maybe we should do a video um of the final episode for old
0: time's sake all right i like it
1: um so you'll have to look out for that and of course it is perfectly appropriate that for our last episode we'll be calling it uh, basically um when do you give up in this industry when do you throw in the towel and for us We've decided it's at least time for the podcast, but the good news is it's because we have been spending most of our time living the damn dream.